You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Man, it's good to be with you this morning. It's, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. I am excited uh, about the message in addition to being excited, though, I think it's, it's a, you can be seated, everybody. It's a word that I, that I think we need right now. Uh, it, it's a word that I, I think our, our nation needs in, in many ways, besides just those of you that are here today and anyone that may hear this in any other airwaves or, or any other fashion. You know, let me put a couple scenarios in front of you and see if you can identify with any of these. So, you drive to your favorite restaurant only to discover a two-hour wait. <laughs> eh, you're probably going to have a change of plans, right? You're probably going to go do something else instead. Or maybe you were planning a trip like Karen and I were last May, and then due to COVID, that trip was canceled. We had a change of plans. You know, I'd say 2020, really the last 18 months, could be called the year of the pivot, right? Anybody hear that term like 100 million times over the last 18 months? We got to pivot. We got to pivot. Well, all that really means is you had a change of plans, right? You were expecting one thing, and all of a sudden something happened that caused your plans to change. Maybe you suffered a natural consequence for a stupid mistake that you had otherwise planned for something else. Maybe it kind of like was like me when my senior year of high school, I got kicked off the basketball team because I was caught with beer in our car. We were on our way to a football game and all of a sudden the campus police came and wow, my plans for my senior year changed pretty drastically right then and there. Didn't they? <laughs> Maybe a relationship ended unexpectedly and now you have to face a new reality. A job loss came that you didn't see coming. And what about those times when God changes our plans? Now, some of these other things, we, we kind of change the plan. But what about when God changes our plans? You know, there are so many people in the Bible where we see this happen. Uh, Peter, Paul, Moses, Abraham, just to name a few, all had their plans for their lives altered significantly by God himself, Right? Whatever the reason and whatever the cause, it's safe to say that change is something we will all experience at different ages, stages, and places in our lives. Change, it has been said, is really the only constant in life, right? Change is really the only constant that we can probably, beside God, that we can count on is going to happen. We're going to have change. So how do we handle the process of change. What, what do we do when change comes our way? Because you see, how we process change in many ways determines the path forward from that change, how we process it, what we do with it. So today I want to take a look at a very prominent person in the Bible who went through a lot of change and difficult circumstances and challenges in his life. Some of them he handled well, some not so well. And yet, this man, David, 
would be called a man after God's own heart. Now, some have said that he was called this because although he was imperfect in many ways, he was always perfectly willing to let God speak to him, deal with him, and help him in this process of change. It's really important. David wasn't perfect. In fact, he was far from it. He had so many issues. He was, let's just call it what it is. He was an adulterer. He wasn't a very good father. He, I mean, he, he had a lot of issues. And yet, he continued to let God speak to him. And that's why he's really known as a man after God's own heart. And in all of that, David learned to put his hope and his trust in God. Trusting that God's plans were better than his own. In Psalm 43, 5, this is what we see David writing in Psalms. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturb, disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So today, I want us to look at a story of where God presented David with a change of plans and how he handled it, how he processed it, what he did with it. So our text today is going to be found in 1 Chronicles chapters 28 and 29. That's, that's the text of the story that we're going to be talking about today. And we're going to open with this. 1 Chronicles chapter uh, 28, starting in verse 2, said, King David rose to his feet and said, Listen to me, my fellow Israelites, my people. I had it in my heart to build a house as a place of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, for the footstool of our God. And I made plans to build it. But God said to me, you are not to build a house for my name because you are a warrior and have shed blood. And then over in verse 6 of chapter 28, it says, he said to me, meaning God speaking to David, Solomon, your son, is the one who will build my house and my courts. Wow. Now, you want to talk about a change of plans, okay? Let me give you some background here, in case you may not know a few things about this story before all this. Here is David. He has now served as the king of Israel, served God for more than 40 years, okay? 40 years he's given his life to the God's service, to serving his people as king. In fact, the ark that he references, David rescued that ark. David went and got that ark, okay? And he brought it back, okay? So let's think about David's frame of mind here. He had it in his heart that he was going to be the one that was going to get to build this house for God. David's the one that had got the ark. David's the one that carried it, you know, had it carried. David's the one that did all these things. And so as David said, we've read, in my heart, I was planning to do this. Now, I wonder if David might be also thinking, you know, things like, wait a minute. God just said, I can't build the house for him because I'm a warrior. But wait a minute, that's part of what God called me to do. Right? David's got to be thinking, I was a warrior. That was part of my purpose. That was part of God's plan. I've led these people, your people, God. 
for all this time, and now you're telling me this? Put yourself in David's shoes for a minute. I know how I'd be feeling. I'd be feeling probably hurt, rejected. Oh, my gosh. I've, I've literally given my whole life with the thought that I was going to be able to build this temple for the Lord. So this is a good thing David wanted to do. It's not like he was, you know, had some bad plan. This is good, right? Have you ever had your heart set on something and then it didn't happen? I wonder if there's anyone here that's been up for the job promotion that you thought for sure you were going to get and somebody else got it. Anybody here ever had that happen to them? Come on. Come on now. So here is God again changing the plan on David, changing his plans. This time would be the last time in David's earthly life that this would happen. But you know, by now, David was kind of used to it. He'd had 40 years of experience letting God mold him, shape him, change him. Didn't mean he was perfect, but he had a lot of experience. He had a lot of practice doing this now, okay? He had 40 years worth, worth of time. He had learned through all the trials and tears that ultimately God was still in control. He had learned through sad experience oftentimes. Cost him his son. One of his sons died as a result of, of his disobedience. Okay, so David had experienced some things with God at this point. And so by the time he comes to this story, he's nearing the end of his life. And what we're going to look at is there's three very specific things that David does in processing this change of plans that I think we can learn a lot from about how we need to handle change when it comes our way, the way David did. The first thing that we see is that when change comes, we need to stay connected to God. When change comes, we need to stay connected to God. Let's look how David did that. If you look in verse 4 of chapter 28, this is what David said. So this is right after he got the news, right? God told him, okay, you're not it. Solomon's in. I guess, you know, God loved a lover more than a fighter. That's basically, and Solomon was quite the lover, about 900 wives. So I guess, I guess that's, uh, you know, whatever his, uh, his rationale. But in this case, he chose Solomon. But this is what David says in verse 4. Yet the Lord, the God of Israel, chose me from my whole family to be king over Israel forever. He chose Judah as leader, and from the tribe of Judah, he chose my family. And from my father's sons, he was pleased to make me king over Israel. What's David doing here? He's not getting lost in his disappointment or his discouragement. What he is doing is he's recalling the goodness of God, right? So when presented with this change, the first thing he does right here in verse 4, it says, God's been good to me. God's given me favor in my life. God's blessed me abundantly, and I'm grateful for that. So he's, he's staying connected to God. And he does not allow this one issue to define the destiny that God had already given him in his life. He's not letting this one thing derail him. When change comes our way, 
We need to work to stay connected to God in the process. We need to allow God to remind us of his goodness, of his plans for our life, for your life. That's a hard thing to do, but that's the first step. And that's not often the first step we take, is it? When change comes our way, do we remind ourselves of God's goodness? I know I don't always do that. And I'm telling you, that's step one. That's step one. We need to remind ourselves of God's goodness, his plan for our life, the fact that this one change is not going to derail his destiny. Karen talked to us uh, last week or a week or two ago about the purpose of God not being derailed. No matter what happens, his purposes and plans are still going to come. And so when change comes, we need to be careful to remember that, just like David did. We need to remember that God is faithful in all circumstances and changes. Let's go to Philippians 1.6. It says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. That should give us some hope and confidence right off the bat. Then in that same book of Philippians, let's go to chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, oftentimes when change comes, we get anxious, don't we? I do. Do you? Anxiousness is something that we, that we have to battle when change comes, no doubt. And because of that anxiousness, if we don't go to God first, we can start turning to other things, right? Maybe unhealthy habits, or, you know, some of us are stress eaters, you know, that happens to me, so, right? Whatever, we, we turn to these different things besides God when we get those anxious moments, right? And David's showing us, no, start with turning to God. Because, you see, staying connected to God in our times of change help gives us, helps give us peace assurance and direction, right? Which is what we need when change comes, right? We, we need that right off the bat. So when you're tempted to pull away from God during times that you may not understand when change comes, those are actually the best times to connect to him, to run to him. Don't forget him. Don't run the other direction. No, that's the time to run to God. Run to him when that change comes, Stay connected to God, and he will guide us and lead us, whatever the situation we find ourselves in. Now, another thing that can happen when change comes is that we can have a tendency to withdraw from others. Anybody fight that and battle that? The the change is coming, and, you know, you develop the kind of bunker mentality is what I would call it. And just kind of, oh, let me just go off on my own and try and figure this out, okay? But let let me tell you this. When change comes... We need to stay connected and engaged with people. Come on now. When change comes, we need to stay engaged and connected to people. Let me show you how David did this in this story. Even though God had now changed David's plan for building the temple, David continued to stay engaged with his people, and he led them well. He didn't just go off in a corner and cry over spilt milk, so to speak. He continued to act as king. He continued to do the things that God had called him to do. He stayed engaged in what God had asked him to do. 
Throughout chapters 28 and 29, if you read the whole story, you'll see several examples of David doing this. In chapter 28, verse 8, we see David calling his people and reminding them to follow and keep the commandments of God. If they want to see God's blessings, they need to keep his commandments for themselves and for their future generations. David is continuing to lead. He's continuing to say, hey, that's nice. God's derailed this part of of what I thought was going to happen, but I'm not going to stop engaging. I'm not going to stop connecting with you as my people. And in verse uh, 20 of chapter 28, we see David actually giving his son Solomon encouragement to be strong, to be courageous, to to pour into him. Because earlier, you know, David had shared with the people, hey, my son's young. He's going to need a lot of help. He's telling the people he's going to. And so here David is in verse 20 of chapter 28, encouraging his son, you can do this. God's with you. Come on, come on. When, when, when we're going through change, do we take the time to encourage someone else? I'm going to tell you what, if we do, you're going to help yourself. You're going to help yourself in that change, and you're going to help somebody else, okay? Important. As we're going through changes in our own lives, we will need encouragement. We will need the encouragement of other people, Okay? And it provides us, as we saw with David, to actually provide encouragement to somebody else. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 puts it this way. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So even in in the New Testament, we're seeing this same concept lived out. We need to encourage one another in times of change. Now, let me say this. Sometimes when change comes, it does mean we have to leave a certain situation that's maybe unhealthy. or, or So some, some change is, is, can actually be very okay and positive. And in some of that, we may need to leave certain people at a distance. Okay, so, so just, just be careful right? But that's not an excuse to go off on my own and figure it out mentality, okay? Hear me now. Just because you have to leave, you know, a certain situation that may be appropriate, and that's fine, and maybe there's a person you do need to distance yourself, that's not an excuse to just go in the foxhole and say, okay, I got to go just figure it out. Because let me tell you what, isolation from God and from people is a dangerous place to be, I'm going to say that again. Isolation from God and people is a dangerous place to be. That's why we don't want to do it. I, and how I know this? Because I tend to be this way. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I can tend to get into a bunker mentality that says, ah, I'll, I'll just go figure this out on my own. I'll just, you know, just what me and God. Okay, well, that's great, but there's going to be times when I need the encouragement of other people or the wisdom of other people or the advice of other people and God. Not that God can't do it all, so don't mishear me on this, but there's going to be times that I'm going to need that encouragement, okay? So we got to fight against this bunker mentality when we're going through change. We need other people. Now, the right people, though. Let me just clarified that a minute ago, the right people. 
encouraging others, even while we're going through our own changes and letting them encourage us. Very important. The change of plans that you may be experiencing right now could very well be an opportunity to grow closer to somebody else. It could uh, give you the opportunity to see somebody else in a new light, to develop new relationships. During times of change, don't disconnect from people. Stay engaged even when you may not feel like it. Let me say that again. Stay engaged with people even when you may not feel like it. Because there are going to be times you don't feel like it. Right? Now, when the plans and paths of our lives undergo changes, one of the other things that can happen is that we can become resentful. Let's face it. For many of us, we don't like change. There's some people in this audience right now listening to my voice at some point. You hate change. If you're honest, you don't like it. Okay? There's some change I don't like. And these, oftentimes, when change comes, it are, it's due to things that we would not have chosen ourselves. Right? Now, I want to talk about this. When we're going through something like this, we're having to deal with it or accept it. And if that's our mentality, we can fall into a mindset that we have to endure change, right? We have to just get through it. We just, that word endure, right, comes into our mind. Oh, my God, change has happened. I guess I just have to endure this. Let me share this with you. That's a place that will leave you stuck. And the, let me tell you something worse than change. And that's staying in something that you don't belong in. That's worse than change. Okay? If we develop that mentality, we're going to get stuck. Okay? So here's the third point I want to make that we're going to see how David did this. Moving from enduring change to embracing change moves our heart in a healthy direction. Let me say that again. When we can move from enduring change to embracing change, it moves our heart in a healthy direction. I would say this one really is a game changer. You know, I'm going to use that word change again. The ability to do this as quickly as we can. Now, everything's a process, right? So it's not going to happen overnight. But the sooner we can move from enduring to embracing change, we're going to be in a lot better place. We're going to be in a lot better place. This concept is so powerful. As we're able to move past the fear, anxiety, or pain of change and into the possibilities that this change is offering us, we're on our way to gaining peace and perspective. We're on our way to gaining peace and perspective when we're able to move this way. Okay? Let's look how David demonstrated this in our story today. In 1 Chronicles 28, 11, and 12, it says this, then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the portico of the temple, its buildings, its storerooms, its upper parts, its inner rooms, and the place of atonement. He gave him the plans for all that the Spirit had put in his mind. Think about that for a minute. All the things that the Spirit had poured into David's mind about building this temple, he's now giving to his son. Wow, it's powerful. 
plans for the surrounding rooms, for the treasuries, for the temple of God, and for the treasuries, for the dedicated things. And then in chapter 29, verse 3, he says this, Besides in my devotion to the temple of God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God. Over and above everything else I have already provided for this holy temple. David is embracing the change. He is saying, I am all in. I'm getting over my own hurt, my own disappointment, my own issues. And I'm simply saying, okay, God, I'm on board here. And not just halfway, I'm all in. David's giving everything from his heart, his mind, and now his treasure. He's giving it all. You know, David could have been bitter about not being able to build the temple. He could have developed an attitude of having to just endure this change that God had presented him. But what he did instead was he embraced the change. He chose to freely share with Solomon and others his gifts and his insight because he was committed to the bigger cause that God had in mind. It's important. It's important. God's plans and purposes ultimately trump ours. We need to remember that. Okay? He's the one giving that guidance and direction. So when we're faced with a change, do we look at it like, what am I losing? Or maybe can we learn to look at it as what are the possibilities that this change can bring? What are the possibilities that this change can bring? You know, Isaiah 43, 19, God talks about doing a new thing. And he asks us in that scripture, can you see it? Can you perceive it? He's asking us, can can you see how I'm going to use this change? And if not, let me show you. (laughs) Okay. When we begin to embrace change instead of just enduring it, God can begin to show us what he can really do. When we move from saying, I have to do this, to I get to do this, wonderful things can happen. Now, I know there's some change that's unwanted, if we're honest. Change that comes from losing a loved one, or a job, or a relationship. Those changes can really test us. We need to recognize that and be honest about it. But let me give you some hope here. Even in those times, there's an opportunity first to let God embrace you. And as he embraces you, he can give you the courage. He can give you the courage to embrace what's next. God can show you new possibilities. He can draw you closer to himself like never before. He can help you discover how you can use your pain to serve as a platform to help serve somebody else. Remember, with God, no change, no circumstance, no situation is wasted. He can use all of it if we let let him and if we allow him to do it. Let me say that again. God can use it all if we will just let him and allow him to do it. Let me give you one other example that uh, wasn't in my original notes, but I, I was praying about it this morning. 
Allow me to, to show you how Jesus did this toward the end of his life. His note was not so much about a change of plans, but about a confirming of a plan. So here was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he went there, the scripture says, to pray. So one, he was staying connected to his father in, in one of his most difficult moments. Second, secondly, in that story, we see, though, that he asked others to come with him. He didn't just go off by himself. He actually asked his disciples, and he asked three of them specifically, hey, I'm asking you to come pray with me. Jesus stayed connected to people. Come on now. And finally, Jesus embraced his mission. When he asked God, Father, if there's any other way to do this, let me know. But the answer he received and knew all along, no, I'm going to finish the mission that you started in me. I'm going to embrace what you've asked me to do. What a beautiful example of our Savior actually living this same principle out that we see today in the story of David. As we experience changes to our plans, or even changes that God brings, let's stay connected to God, to his people, and move from enduring change to embracing change with God's help. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today asking you to help us. Father, we know that change is, is a part of life. It's part of our experience here. And one thing that we can be certain of is change is going to come. Right now, some of us are experiencing change, and many of us will experience more change as our lives move forward. And Father, we're asking you that when those times come, that you help us stay connected to you. Help us to run to you, Father, first instead of last. Help us to seek your guidance and your wisdom when changes of life come. And Father, send the right people to help us stay connected in those times of change. People that can encourage us and that we can encourage. And Father, give us the courage to embrace the change that comes our way. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.